Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hi, everyone, and welcome. I have been on vacation the last few days, so my brain is still there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But anyway. It's a good vacation, right? I guess it is. It was very relaxing. Um, Last week, we talked about the um, eviction crisis looming on the horizon and some of the current data that was available. Um, And this week, we're going to discuss something a little off our normal topic, which is land investing. Um, And why diversify into land in 2020? Um, I mean, there's probably a lot of different answers for that, but we're going to get into some of them. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, Brian, why don't you uh, start us off a little bit here and tell us a little bit about how how the how and what, like, let's talk about Scott Todd because he's a very interesting guy. <laughs> well, first of all, as you guys join us, you know, give us a little shout, letting us know where you're tuning in from. You know, we always love to hear that stuff and we love to hear from you. This is an interactive podcast and, and video cast. It's not just the traditional, you know, us recording this and then polishing it up later. So yeah, let <laughs> us know where you guys are tuning in from and, you know, how 2020 is going for you and whether you're looking to diversify outside of just rentals. Uh, for your real estate investments in 2020. Or if you have, so, yeah, if you I, have invested in land, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, 2020, it, it's a crazy year. You've got, so for real estate investors and, and rental investors in particular, you've got the eviction ban, which is tough because a, a bilateral contract becomes a unilateral contract in that in that case because you can't actually enforce it. You've got high unemployment rates, uh, particularly among lower income workers uh, who primarily rent. And then there's all sorts of unrest going on in many of the cities around the country, or at least has been on and off throughout 2020. And then real estate prices have been quite high. Real estate has skyrocketed in 2020 as people are looking for a better place to park their money other than bonds, which you know the Federal Reserve is holding interest rates just over 0%. So bonds are paying very little. A lot of people have pulled their money out of bonds and put it into the stock market, but there's a lot of reason to be uh, nervous <laughs> or a little anxious about you know, stock overvaluations as well right now. So a lot of people have thrown their money into real estate in 2020, which has caused residential real estate prices to shoot up upwards of 10% in some markets. So you know we're at this point about to enter the fourth quarter of 2020 where a lot of real estate investors are feeling a little anxiety around real estate being a little overpriced at this point in time as well. So that's all kind of the, the setup for this conversation around <laughs> land investing. So, you know, Denny mentioned a guy named Scott Todd, who is a, uh, a really interesting case study for land investing that we'll just share to kind of set the stage here for the rest of this conversation about land and diversifying your real estate, particularly in 2020 here. So we interviewed Scott Todd a year or two back and he had a six-figure job working for uh, was it a uh, was it a, an investment banking firm? 
I feel like it, it was. was uh, it was something uh, like that. It was, yeah, Fortune 500 big time. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's right. Yes, yeah, it was a Fortune 500 company. He was making very good money, six figure income. And he got wind that his department was going to be outsourced overseas pretty imminently. So he started scrambling to figure out what his next career move was going to be. And instead of going out and trying to find another job, he actually went out and decided that he was going to replace his nine to five income with income from land of all things. And then he did it in under 18 months. So he, he replaced his six figure income with, with land income in less than a year and a half. Which is it just blows my mind. I mean, Denny, you and I talked about you know he um there's a just it correct me because his you know he's telling his wife him hey, you know we're not gonna have my job anymore. I'm just gonna invest in land. But if it doesn't work <laughs> out, we can always live on the land. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, not something that many spouses want to hear. No, <laughs> <laughs> that you're just gonna go go live on a tent, you know, on, on the raw land somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but it worked. It, it absolutely worked. And now, of course, he's making far more money than he was even when he was working for this Fortune 500 company. And he has he's bought parcels of land for as little as $100 a piece, but turns around and sells them for you know, 200, 300, 400% returns. So it's, it's very impressive, impressive what he's done. And we'll, we'll share a link to the, the case study write-up about him and, and how he did it exactly. But, you know, that's sort of just a, a case study proving that there is a lot of money to be made in land if you're willing to put in the work to learn the ropes. Uh, you know, some of those skills are, uh, they relate to residential real estate investing. Some of those skills are a little different. So, uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting niche and one that's it's not particularly sexy, right? You know, no, no one's out making, you know, TV shows about flip this land, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> interesting (laughs) but that's actually that's why in many cases it makes such a good investment is that there's not the same cachet to it there's not the competition there um you know my my favorite advantage to land investing is that there's almost no regulation on it whereas in residential rentals if you look there's a ton of regulation Yeah, and moving in the wrong direction too. I mean, if you look at how regulation on rental, residential rentals has changed over the last thirty years, it's just getting more and more and more intensive. You know, both at the the federal level and even more so on the state and local level. So, I mean, you know, actually, I'll give you a quick example, Denny, from within the last five years. HUD released guidelines. I think it was twenty sixteen. It basically said landlords can't discriminate based on criminal record. Yep. For for yep. tenants. You know, so, you know, you have a tenant who is an axe murderer <laughs> and you can't hold that against them. I mean, it's not quite that extreme. I'm, I'm, there's a little bit of hyperbole there. Uh, but they basically, HUD issued guidelines saying that landlords who use criminal record as a screening metric um, can be can be ha- taken to court for um, discrimination for it. It can be taken and, it's very, and that's a very gray area as well. So it's not even a cut and dry thing, but you have to be careful regardless. But it is, you don't have to worry about that with uh, dirt. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, so that, that is just one example that illustrates how the regulation has just gotten tighter and tighter and tighter on residential rentals over the last 30 years. This is not going to get better for landlords. This is, this is going to increasingly get worse over time. 
Now, but land, land investors don't have to worry about any of that. So you don't have to go through a lengthy eviction process if your land renter defaults on you. You can just kick them out. You can kick them off the land. <laughs> you don't have to deal with yeah, no complex legal disclosures, no lead paint hassles, you know, you know, <laughs> go before 1978, you know, no, you don't have to worry about professional tenants using all these legal loopholes right. to stay in your property for years on end. I've had a, I've had a professional tenant. Yeah, they stayed a year in, in my property and oh, they cost yeah. me $25,000 between the lost rent and damage to the property. So Brian, and, yeah, we have, have a comment. Um, or a question, actually. Well, we have a comment from Tara who says she loves this topic. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Christina has said, what should we look if we want to invest in land at subdivision approvals, engineering, zoning, things like that? Well, so first of all, I just want to preface this by saying that you know, Denny and I are by no means land investing experts. <laughs> so, you know, this is an area that we are in the process of learning ourselves and, and going out and starting to invest in land ourselves. So, you know, take what we say here with a grain of salt. Right. You know, this whole conversation where we'll have more around, you know, the reasons why invest in land than the nuts and bolts of, you know, how to go out and make your fortune in land investing. Um, but to answer your question, Christina, you know, a lot of, I mean, what we're looking at is actually raw land, undeveloped. So, you know, it does not have well and septic installed uh, at this stage. Um, you know, in some cases, it may not even have a perk test done. So, you know, we're, we're talking about raw land that is relatively inexpensive. Um, you want, you do ideally want it to be within an hour or two or maybe three of a major city so that there is some built-in demand there. Um, you know, if you go out and buy land that is absolutely in the middle of nowhere in say New Mexico, and it's, you know, a seven hour drive from the nearest town, it's just going to be hard to sell that land. I mean, there's, there's not going to be a whole lot of demand for it. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Chrissy so also with, commented tiny house rentals. <laughs> and, you know, Chrissy, a little shout out to Chrissy uh, Bolton here. Chrissy is a realtor in Baltimore who I've worked with myself and she specializes in working um, not just with, with home buyers and sellers, but also with investors. Uh, she absolutely knows what she's doing uh, working with investors. So if any of you, any of you guys are looking for Baltimore uh, help with picking up Baltimore investment properties, Chrissy's a great woman to talk to. There you go. We also have more questions. What kind of return can you expect? Cash on cash, raw land. Can that be financed? Well, actually, great questions. So the model that Denny and I are taking with land, we're going to be buying um, properties that are in tax sale and are planning on paying between 20 and 30 cents on the dollar for this land. So earning outlandish returns <laughs> on, on, on these parcels. Uh, but there is a, um, a learning curve with this, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, but to answer your other question, yes, you can finance land, and we actually we're going to circle back to that in one second. Hopping mm-hmm. so, around a little. Yeah, yeah, we are talk, hopping around a little bit here. Um, and well, in fact, let, let's actually let's talk about financing land right now. Um, so, with land, you're typically looking at owner financing, um, whether you're buying or selling. You know that that is really the primary way that the land is financed. Uh, at least the kind of land that we're talking about, which are less expensive parcels, you know, kind of 100 bucks up to maybe $50,000. Um, so you can go out and negotiate seller financing with the seller. Um, now, these are much shorter terms than you'd be looking at for 
you know, a, a, a home, you know, a $250,000 home, you're probably looking at terms or, you know, financing terms in the five to 10 year range, maybe even shorter than that. And you're probably looking at interest rates in the seven, eight, 9% range. So, you know, not like a credit card, but also not like a residential mortgage either. So uh, yes, you, you can finance land. And as a seller, you know, if you go out and, and buy parcels, you know, like what Denny and I are in the process of, of learning how to do, you can actually create excellent passive income streams by offer seller <laughs> financing, by offering notes on these parcels of land. So, you know, the, the buyer pays over the course of the next five, six, seven, eight years, and you get that income stream. And though if you structure this as a uh, lease purchase agreement where you don't actually sign over ownership of the land until the person has paid off the note in full, then there's no foreclosure process. There's no eviction process. They're done. I mean, they, they, they default on making the payments. They're, right. off, they're off the land. And you can turn around and sell that land to someone else all over again. You know, start the note all over again and, and keep earning money on it. So you you know, to, to tie Which this back you around, read how- Orlando, you don't have the same regulatory headaches that you do with residential rentals. And it ties into the next point. You don't have the same property management headaches either. Don't have any whiny right. tenants to deal with. Don't have any maintenance or repairs. No leaky roofs. You know, no tenants calling you at three a.m. complaining that a light bulb blew out and asking you to drive over there and screw in a new light bulb for them. No yeah. infestations, right? No termites. No, no emergencies. Yep. Yeah, you don't have those emergency phone calls. You don't have any of those property management headaches that. You know, Denny, you and and I and you know all of you guys out there who invest in rentals, we all have to deal with. So it's it's really, in some ways, an ideal investment from that standpoint. Much more passive. Don't have the ongoing management headaches. You don't have to pay someone to manage it for you. Um, and you know, as we just touched on, higher potential returns largely because there's less competition. You know, most most real estate investors out there, they're familiar with residential properties because they've been living in them all their lives, right? You know, they, right. they know what a, a rental property looks like and feels like and smells like, you know, they understand the concept of buying a property and then renting it out to tenants. So it feels intuitive to them in a way that land investing does not. So that keeps the competition a lot lower and that boosts up the potential returns. So what, how, how do you even get involved in this? Well, that's a good question. Um, so our, our our good friend, Seth Williams, over at RE Tipster, he has an awesome land investing course. And Denny can share that link there in the comments. I want to check that out. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great course. And he walks you from the, the very basics all the way through the more advanced stuff, like how to handle notes and financing and that side of it. Um, so... If you're interested in land investing, definitely check out Seth's course. It is top-notch. Um, but yeah, it is a slightly different business model. There is a bit of a learning curve. So, you know, at least the way that Denny and I are going about this with um, tax liens and, um, and, and tax defaults, you know, it's, it's a, a mail, uh, the direct mail-oriented business, at least on the buying side. You know, so we, will, we go out and get the lists of 
uh, owners of raw land who are in tax defaults in certain counties. And then we send mass mailings out to all those people, offering them a relatively low purchase price for it. And some of these people, you know, some of these people live a thousand miles away. They've never even seen the land. They have no emotional attachment to it. And, you know, they just want the headache off their plates. So, you know, that's where you can step in and pick up some of these parcels for pennies on the dollar, basically. Um, now, it is important to note, though, that this is not by any means. I mean, so many times we're looking for, like, that get-rich-quick scheme, and there is work involved in a learning curve, like Brian had 100%. mentioned earlier. So this is definitely not something you're just going to jump in and, you know, buy 10 pieces of land and retire on that <laughs> land. <laughs> Unless you want to live in a tent, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a great point, Denny. You know, there is a learning curve. You absolutely need to go out and, and learn the ropes of this before you start just shelling out money on land, just like you did when you learned residential real estate investing, right? You had to learn things like how to calculate cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. How to do due diligence on properties, how to screen tenants, you know, you know all of the little sub skills that are involved in residential real estate investing, you know, there are some different skills that apply in land investing and you have to go out and learn those skills. So not a get rich quick scheme. You know, it doesn't mean that there isn't some, some good returns to be made there. Uh, right. There are, but again, you have to go out and, and learn the business model. And that's, that's where courses like Seth's uh, come in handy. And, and you really, you need to go out and you know, learn, master those skills before you start writing checks for thousands of dollars. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want it to go looking, uh, driving around your neighborhood and seeing a chunk of land and going, hmm, <laughs> and just buy it up. There, you definitely want to learn about how, how to do this. There's a proper procedure. Yeah, there's an entire business model. I mean, bef- before you write your first check for, for land investing, I mean, you want to have a business model written out. You want to have every step of it modeled and, you know, have no outstanding questions on, Oh, well, I wonder how this works. Well, maybe I'll just figure it out as I go along. Like that's a good way to lose money. So how much competition is out there with this? Do you think? Well, it's increasing. (laughs) I mean, there's there's no question about that. Uh, But you know, the, the way that I've heard true land experts answer that question, you know, in, in podcasts and in courses that Denny and I have taken is that, the sheer volume of raw land in the United States and the sheer number of counties in the United States, what is this, something like 3,200 counties in the U.S.? Um, there is The sheer volume of it is such that there will never be, it'll never be inundated or saturated with competition because of what we've been talking about earlier. You know, people just don't have the same attraction to land investing. So while savvy real estate investors will increasingly be attracted to this for a lot of the reasons we've talked about, you're never going to have, you know, Joe Schmo who, you know, watched a few episodes of Flip This House or whatever. You know, he's not going to be going out and competing with you on land. You will increasingly have some professional real estate competition, but Again, there's so I mean, so many billions of acres of raw land in this country that there's really there's plenty to go around, and you're not going to have a land rush the way that we've seen a residential rental property right. rush in 2020 in the U.S. Definitely not as sexy, I guess, as you know, owning the actual building and the whole nine yards. Not as sexy, not as intuitive. 
So yeah, you're not going to have the same level of competition. So what else can you tell us, Brian, about land versus rental property? Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I think I've already uh, I've already covered most of most of what I wanted to talk about here. Um, you know, it's it's a to wrap up. I would just say it's a great way to diversify. I mean, you know, Denny and I both cut our teeth on residential rentals. You know, that is where our you know most of our business around Spark Rental is built. It's where our most of our own real estate investments lie. So we're never going to walk away from residential rentals and that kind of investing, but land can be a great way to diversify your investment holdings and, you know, just spread out your wealth that much more. And if 2020 didn't show us anything, it showed us that diversification is definitely needed. Oh yes. (laughs) Well, Denny, anything else, any final thoughts you want to add before we call this a day? No, I think you covered it all. I think I'm excited to see if you guys have any questions. Please email us. Um, let us know because it's an interesting subject. Yeah, and you know, let us know what you guys want to hear about next week. You know, this, this is an interactive podcast and video cast. This is all about you guys. So shoot us a message on, to our, our Facebook page or through our website. Let us know what you want to hear about. And we will see you guys next Tuesday. Have a great day. Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side.